Hello, welcome to another episode of my podcast. Oh, this, I knew you were going to laugh at me. This is... <laughs> I hate doing this. Um, another episode of my podcast about underrated music. And I'm joined by a very unappreciative uh, friend of mine. Mean! Called Rebecca, who is going to talk to me about music. I introduced her to some music and she introduced me to some music. But I'll let you introduce yourself. But actually, I will briefly introduce you as Rebecca. The person who designed my logo and stuff, and is the only reason my YouTube channel doesn't look like some idiot twelve-year-old made it, um, and actually made it look decent. So, shout out to you. Woo-hoo. Hello, I'm Rebecca. I'm I'm not an authority on music, but I listen to it, so I will share opinions. That's good enough for us. That's good enough for our purposes. So, for anyone who's who's never listened, uh, I, I generally just talk about underrated music, and recently. Usually I recommend a playlist to someone else and they listen through it and then we talk about it. But lately I've been doing a lot of episodes where it kind of goes two ways. I have a guest on and they introduce me to some music and I introduce them to some music and then we talk it through. And it always has to, it has to be, or it's preferable if it's music I don't know and that they don't know. And that's kind of, I I think that's what's happened here because I had no, (laughs) I hadn't even, I don't think I really knew anything about the genre that you recommended to me, Rebecca. And maybe maybe you knew a little bit about the genre. I don't know. Did you know anything about the genre that is known? Well, yes. I'll name I'll name the genre. So I picked some baroque pop songs, and you chose some. What were what were they? So, essentially, all the bands are I have since discovered post punk, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But really, the inspiration was looking at sad core as a kind of music mm-hmm. style. Um, because I get, it seems to me like sadcore is not like a genre. It's kind of a, a style or a mood. I don't know. Essentially, sad. So one of the bands I've chosen, um, called Porridge Radio. They're the only people that have claimed, um, sadcore as like what they are. But mm-hmm. basically, sadcore is something that like critics have used to describe bands, but like bands would never really refer to themselves as that and it's not like a movement like it's sort of just music throughout um but it's basically either just music that sort of sounds quite sad so like cat power and things like that right but what i was kind of focusing on was the other side of it which is music that sounds really upbeat but actually it's really quite sad or got kind of depressing lyrics which i quite like right yeah yeah. okay so that makes sense to me Whereas, whereas, so baroque pop is baroque pop's another weird, weird one where it seems to be used to refer to everyone from like Sufjan Stevens and like Fiona Apple, who are like contemp- more contemporary, as well as like the Beatles, the Moody Blues, some of the Beach Boys, like that kind of sixties stuff. So my stuff, the stuff I chose here is like sixties, with one exception, one exception, which is from the seventies. But that's the kind of that's the one that sticks out a bit. So we'll get to that later. But the general thing with baroque pop is that it's kind of sophisticated in kind of air quotes pop music. And the kind of main thing is like you get a pop song and you slap a harpsichord on it. That's baroque pop, right. <laughs> or at least it was in the sixties. They're just like <laughs> we're just gonna put we're just gonna put a harpsichord in this. Um, and a lot of the time it's quite like it's got like complex key changes and lots of vocal harmonies. Um, but I guess the best way to sum sum up baroque baroque pop is kind of like sissy sissy pop from the 60s 
sissy 60s pop there we go i think that's i mean nice. you so you've listened to the playlist you, you is that the vibe you get yeah i feel it was weird because like i've never heard of rock pop and i don't think i'd ever heard any of those songs before but i feel like i definitely recognized it as so, like mm-hmm. listening to the playlist it's just like oh okay no i do kind of know this genre but i just yeah to me it was just 60s music um in a very sort of yes, general yeah, yeah. term <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I would, I would, I'll just briefly, and then we'll get into the actual songs. Say, like the most famous baroque pop songs are probably like "California Dreaming" by the Mamas and the Papas. I would call that baroque pop. Um, do you know that song? Don't know. Maybe. No, no idea. <laughs> It's kind of it's 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 a 60s kind of folky pop song. Right. Um Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles yeah. and Yesterday by the Beatles. They're probably if I think they're probably the three most like famous what you'd call baroque pop songs these days. Yeah, to me it sounded a bit like like the more sad songs of the Beatles. It was like, oh, it's that it's those albums. Yeah, yeah. Um and a little bit ELO there were some points. But that might be- Yeah, I was going to say as well Electric Light Orchestra uh, kind of quite baroque poppy as well yeah they are a lot they're they're they're, (laughs) elo are very like um they've kind of dialed the goofiness up to 11 so they're less sad and more goofy most of the time which i really like but yeah so baroque pop and it it does and this is why there's a kind of a link between the sad core i guess and the baroque pop because they're both mostly sad genre. I mean, sadcore is called sadcore, so it's literally in the name. Yeah. And baroque pop, like as I said before, it's like sissy sixties pop, and it's quite often sad. It's like not like depressing necessarily, yeah. but um, like sad songs. It's like, oh, she doesn't love me. It's that kind of shtick. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, um, so that's kind of they're the two genres or the two the, the styles because they're they're kind of not specific genres. But you know what? I'm going to let you choose what we start with. This is what I always do. It's kind of putting you on the... Uh, oh, you don't look happy about that, do you? No, I, <laughs> you can start with one of the songs you chose for me, if you want. Why don't we start with Porridge Radio? Because they are the ones that refer to themselves as sad core. Yes, okay, fair enough. Um, apparently they started in Brighton as a sad core project. Um, so, might as well start with them. Ah, okay. So, I was going to say, firstly, they're all British, these bands, right? Yeah. Right, all right. And they're all... They're not joking, but there is a there's a humor to all of this, right? That's yeah. kind of what, like. So, uh, when we get to the first song that was on your playlist, there's something specific <laughs> I want to say about the sense of humor. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. But you know, you you've already said you pointed me in a different direction, so we'll go with this first. Seven seconds. So the song is Seven Seconds" by Porridge Radio from the album Porridge Radio. I actually, I thought this was, uh, you, you chose a good one. I thought this was the best one on the playlist. I think it was, I thought it was my favorite. The hat arrived. Is that a sad call hat? It's a porridge radio hat. You're wearing a hat, okay. See, now now I should be using your video in the podcast because it's like a nice little bit of a product placement. Well, they have a hat out, so. The fact that you have the hat makes me feel like you're probably quite a big fan of the band. Yeah. And you went to, wait, you went to uni in Brighton, didn't you? Yeah, I did my foundation course there. There we go. So is this kind of like you rooting for the home team kind of thing as well? Um, not really, because I actually didn't know they were from Brighton to begin with. Uh-huh. Um, 
Sorry. That's fine. That's fine. I'll allow it. I'll allow <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. What was I saying? I thought this. I personally, I thought this was the best, the song I liked the most, and I think it's. I may as well just get straight into why I liked it the most. It was kind of an. It was kind of. It, it sounded quite eighties, and it had that like kind of synth bit. And I also feel the song had kind of like sec textures, 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 and sections that it kind of went through. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it's not just uh, like. You said it's also like post punk. It's not like a punk song, which can quite often just be the same thing all the way through. Yeah, it kind of mixes it up a bit, um, and I, I thought the synthy stuff was nice. But kind of what I'm quite curious, what made you choose the songs you chose? Like what what made you choose this one? Other than you know you love the hat. Um, I mean this one I knew I wanted to pick one from Porridge Radio, and this is my favorite song by them i kind of love it because it sounds a bit like it should be in a film like it does it's quite cinematic yeah yeah like i don't know yeah like i almost feel like there's part of it that could totally be like the prom scene in some like lovely high school film or something so there's something yes. like yeah, yeah yeah really yeah. i don't know sort of nostalgic and i like the fact that even though it's sad like there is that kind of like nostalgia and you kind of want to keep listening to it and like the others I think sort of have more humor to them whereas this one I yeah, thought yeah. was nice in the way that it was quite like simultaneously like a happy song even though it's not really um mm-hmm. just because of the sounds yeah I totally get you and the, have you seen a end of the fucking world no I've seen bits of it but not like the whole thing but that kind of thing. Oh, it's really good. It is really, it's genuinely really good. I was going to say, yeah, this, I mean, if maybe it was, maybe this song was used in it and I just wouldn't have remembered it at the time. It could be. It's the kind of thing yeah. that would be used in that. Uh, and that was, that was a great TV series. And yeah, I totally get what you mean. It's, it's weird. Some songs you listen to and you're like, yeah, this, maybe it has been in a film, but it definitely could be. And it does, it does feel like that. And I don't know what it is or it is that. I guess it's what you say, the, the nostalgic element kind of helps it along in that respect, yeah. isn't it? And I think... For me, I don't, I don't, I don't really listen that closely to lyrics, um, but I just thought it was like musically. I just thought it had like the best kind of melody for me. Um, it's catchy. It's it's obviously catchy as well. Like, it's not just it's not stupid catchy. Do you know what I mean? There's a kind of a different. There's songs that are catchy that you don't want to be stuck in your head, and there yeah. are other songs which is like good catchy. And I definitely felt it was more the latter. Um, it was good. Uh, it kind of. All of these songs sound a little bit like late seventies, early eighties. In that, maybe it is that nostalgic element. Again. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's the synth in this song. Um, I think it, it sounded. It felt very like new romantics, and I don't really. I say that as someone who doesn't really listen to like early eighties <laughs> new romantic stuff, and I just kind of know it through references in films and stuff. But it has that feel of yeah. like a nightclub in London in like the early eighties, but without the seediness that that would involve? I don't know. I found that most of the songs I chose, it was either like, they sound, you sort of get the 80s references, or there were like elements of almost like pulp, and like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, from the fact that these bands are all like, actually singing with their actual accents. Yep. Which is, I think it's definitely, it's a it, it's been a much bigger thing since like punk in the late 70s. But 
like the Beatles didn't sing in a Liverpoolian accent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even like the like the Rolling Stones, imagine? Led Zeppelin, Pink. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, they do for so, the the Beatles. That's what's funny about the Beatles. They sometimes sing with a Scouse accent, and it's really obvious when they do. Um, <laughs> and they do it. They do it as a laugh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like the Rolling Stones didn't sing with London accents. Again, can you imagine how weird that would be? Yeah. Um, whereas, like, yeah, there's there's. There's very much an Englishness to all of these songs. And in a way, I think this is possibly the least one like that because some of the yeah. other ones are really... I mean, one of them's called, spoilers, English Weather, <laughs> yeah. which is like... I mean, just the name of it is sad call, right? I mean, I was <laughs> depressed. <laughs> Especially on a day like today when I went out for a walk listening to this and I was just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, but I can't remember what I was saying. But yeah, yeah, it's all very British. In like... Uh, and not in like a England kind of way, in a kind of um, self, not ironic way, like self-deprecating kind of way, I guess. Yeah. It feels very, it's very down to earth. That's what I'm saying as well. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that I, I kind of don't like the name Sandcore because I found that like a lot of these, it's not like Sandcore makes it sound like some kind of emo music. Whereas really yeah. it almost feels like they're kind of got, they're sort of shrugging going, yeah, it's a bit shit. But, mm-hmm. like, it's not sort of emotional. It's just like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, when you say it like that, it just feels very millennial as well. It's just like, <laughs> is, that just, is that just us as a generation? <laughs> especially, especially, like, since 2020, it's just like, oh, just stay at home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, keep going. Uh, English weather. Yep, yep exactly. Um, but, yeah, so... I think actually, in a way, that's a good segue into the into the first Baroque pop song because it's still a sad song. Yeah, but I think this is this is right. Just just bear with my attempt to to segue into things. <laughs> <laughs> they they have a different they have a different approach to sadness, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to put it to you, and I'm just going to go through it in order. So the first song was "Walk Away, Renee" by a band called The Left Bank. Yeah, this was the one. Yeah, so this this song was the one that I felt was the most Beatles. Yeah, yeah, it probably is actually. I listened to it and I was like, yeah. Um, I kind of felt like I recognised it, even though I'm pretty sure I've never heard of it. Yeah, on the subject of being used in films, I'm pretty sure this has been used in films, and it was covered a few times by. I can't remember. It's been covered quite a lot, actually. So you might have heard it. It's the kind of song that you probably, out of all of them, well, except one, out of most of the ones on my list, um, this is probably the most, has the most radio play. So there's a chance you just heard it, like, randomly on a radio. Um, But quite curious, what did you think of it? I liked it, actually. It was, I don't know, it's kind of one of those, like, it's the sort of music you want to listen to when you're, like, going for a walk, and it's sort of like, I don't know. There's something sort of like, even though I guess it is kind of sad in like a slightly melancholic sort of sense, mm-hmm. there is some kind of like, I don't know, it's quite a nice song to, like quite a jolly song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you're right. So I th- that's, what, that's kind of what I was getting at before when I was saying like a different approach to like sad songs, because I feel, <laughs> I feel like the songs on your playlist is just kind of like shrugging their shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Um, whereas the Baroque pop songs are kind of, it's, it's bittersweet, I guess, isn't it? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, and it's almost like sad music, but they're still getting on with their lives and doing things. It's not like they've sat down and gone, oh, this is awful. They're just sort of <laughs> wandering around going, yes. oh, that was sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, what was I going to say? So this song and this album, this album, this band, should I say, didn't really do anything other than this. Um, but this song was quite big. And it's seen as kind of the first Baroque pop song and album. So there were like a few earlier songs like The Beatles and maybe a couple by the Beach Boys that people would say are kind of almost Baroque pop. But this is the one where people say this is where it starts. And I think it's just because they're quite, they're like pleasant pop songs with loads of harpsichord and piano. And I think that is the main thing that makes people say this is where it started. Um, Yeah. And it's one of those, it's kind of seen as like, this song was quite big, but the rest of the album and the, the band disappeared. And I think people often sell this album as the lost great, one of the lost great 60s albums. And I'm just going to say, before you ever get tempted to listen to the rest, well, maybe you will, the rest of the album is nowhere near as good as this. <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I think this is by far the best. Um, but I, I, I like the song as well. I'm glad you liked it. But um, I was also going to say, in the same way that I was saying that the uh, the sadcore stuff, they all sing with their British accents. These guys are American, and I feel like they're trying to put on a British accent. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I didn't obviously notice that they were American. Because they don't sound at all, do they? But I think it's almost a bit like... But maybe that's also why that I thought it sort of sounded a bit Beatles-y, was that it almost has... They've gone for that same kind of sort of generic accent where they're trying to yes, not yeah. have anything noticeable and then it will sound a bit samey. Yeah, I think I think that is a bit true actually. Um and I think it's probably a bit of a theme throughout these songs that I'm gonna be giving to you that they're <laughs> like they're a bit some of them are a bit kind of they sound like posh southern people. <laughs> uh, yeah. but most of them have nondescript accents. And I I do think it is just this, I think this singer um, so the the left bank, I think they sound a, they're probably the mopiest sounding, but it's only because they're his voice is a little bit, I don't know, yeah, more nasally. I don't know if it is quite nasally, but do you know what I mean? It's a little bit, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They all seem to be going for that kind of nondescript accent. Um, but I'm glad you liked it. I, honestly, I think that's that's my least favorite of the baroque pop songs that I sent to you. I just kind of sent it there because historically, I feel I have to, but uh, yeah. When we get to the next ones, that's when we'll get to the juicy stuff as far as I'm concerned. Um, so which which song do you want to go to next for Sadcore? I'm quite curious. Cause, cause I think we the... should go for Dry Cleaning because I oh, think... Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we both just want to chat about that one. <laughs> so, so as soon as I started listening to this, do you know what um, song I had in mind? What song? Uh, Jilted John. <laughs> And I don't mean that in a mean way. Yeah. I genuinely don't. Because firstly, <laughs> Jilted John by Jilted John is one of the greatest songs of the 70s. Like, full stop. No, I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's obviously better than this song. Sorry, did we name it? We did name it, didn't we? It's, uh... What is it called again? What, Dry Cleaning? Yeah, yeah. Good Night by Dry Cleaning. You said that already, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, 
This song is obviously better than, like, it's more professional, should I say, than Jilted Jaw. Yeah. But it has that vibe, doesn't it, of it, like, kind of, like, chugging bass and uh, punkish I think it's guitar. Also the kind of, and also the way that, because the singing is kind of, almost, it's sort of got a spoken word element to it. Yes, yeah. So yeah. it's not really singing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think also is quite similar between them. And also the sense of humour. No, Jilted John is ridiculous yeah. and silly. And this is, it's it's not ridiculous. It's a bit silly. It's not its not silly, silly, is it? it? It kind of, it's on this weird line between tragic and comedic. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's what I, I really love this song. But I think it's because it's like, it should be sad. But they're making you laugh so much mm-hmm. that it's not. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think that's, what I really enjoy is just the fact that yeah, they're just sort of laughing at it and going, "Oh, this is terrible," yeah, yeah. but like, it's also yeah, yeah. quite funny. Because you listen to, I mean, there's one line. Okay, let's let's get to the line that stands <laughs> out. Oh, I'm probably not going to get it exactly right, but I think it's something like, "Have you ever spat cum onto the carpet of a travel lodge?" Yeah, That's... and then they follow it up with unwanted oils. Yeah, which yeah. is just my favorite thing. <laughs> I mean, if 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 those are the lyrics you like, we have very different tastes. I mean, I'm joking because like they are good lyrics, but they're also totally gross. But I mean, that's clearly the intention. Um, but the whole setup of the song is basically just—I mean, it opens with her saying that, um, talking about like a near-death experience. I don't know whether that's true. Like, is that actually a true story about something that happened to her? I have no idea, to be honest. Because when when you hear that as a setup to the song, the re- it's just kind of traumatizing. You hear that, and you're just like, okay, okay, it's quite funny actually. Um, should I be la- I should I, was- I be laughing? I think I also love the fact though that it also kind of swings between like sad events that have happened, but they all like should be weighted differently, and they're not. So like yes. she had a near death experience, and then her cat died. Mm-hmm. And then it's talking about like spitting come on the carpet of a travel lodge and like clearly having some kind of terrible hookup. Yeah. And then someone stole her childhood CDs. And it's quite funny that it's like all these sad things sort of yeah. randomly thrown at you and it's like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a fever dream, isn't it? Of of like yeah. traumatic occasions. Yeah, it's like someone's just had a rant. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um I, w- I wonder if it was improvised or like how do you how do you compose those kind of lyrics? You know, how do you sit down and say, I'm going to say this? And I don't know, it's it's a strange approach because the music, I mean, the music I like and the music I write is very different, obviously, to all of this, but it's even more different to anything spoken word. I obviously listen to a yeah. bit of music with, like, spoken word. And it's always such a weird approach. I always kind of assume it's a little bit, um, what's the word, stream of consciousness. Um, yeah. So I wonder, like, if they play this live and she does it a bit differently every time, like maybe throws in, you know... Instead of her dead cat, it's, you know, I don't know, a dead... I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. A dead goldfish or something. Do, do you think they just make no, it up? I know I what wonder, you mean. Yeah, because yeah, I think that's also what I like about it, is that it kind of doesn't sound like sort of standard composed song. It does mm-hmm. just sound like she is just having a rant at you about, mm-hmm. like, what's been going on. And it's sort of come out in this sort of song format, but it's not... Yeah, you can't imagine someone sitting down and going, "Oh, verse one." You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah, and now we'll go to the chorus, and then we'll go to the bridge. It's like, no, 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 we don't, yeah. we don't do that here. We don't do that thing. Um, but that reminds me: Have you ever listened to any uh, Gil Scott Heron? 
He's very, I mean, yeah. he's very different because he does that, doesn't he? Except it's like a funky kind of backing and he'll just kind of like rant on about things. Um, yeah. No, it's true. And then it, and I like it because then it also, it somehow just feels a bit more personal and a bit more intimate because it feels like you're really getting to know them. Like you're yeah. kind of having a one-way conversation with them almost. Yeah, one-way conversation. That's also known as someone talking at you. Well, <laughs> no, no, you know I, what I, mean. <laughs> I know, I do totally get you. I just, it's just funny because usually like one-way conversation is not usually a good thing. But I, t- I do get you. Sorry, I'll stop being facetious. It's, you're totally <laughs> right. I get you. Um, and it's... it's, it's um, Break, to bring it back around to baroque pop because i i do i really like baroque <laughs> pop and i like 60s pop but i think the main difference yeah. and the main thing that a lot of people don't like about baroque pop who might like kind of post-punk and stuff like that a lot, a lot more is that baroque pop is very obviously very composed as in yeah there isn't there's almost no there probably isn't a single note out of place um and it's very polished and that is kind of the point whereas this your your playlist is almost the exact opposite so that's kind of it comes back around again to like they're both they're both sad songs or sad genres or whatever but with a totally different approach one of them is just like we cannot you know this is very polished and everything must be perfectly correct and the other one's just like you know uh spit and come on a on the floor (laughs) Um, (laughs) i think yeah and also i think it almost feels a bit like with baroque pop they're telling you this story mm-hmm. like through the song but it's not necessarily like their personal sort of life story it's more yes, just yeah, like yeah. they're telling something yeah. whereas i think the songs from my playlist maybe they're so poetry radio actually no i think even them it's like it all feels like it's just very much about them yes. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um and i think i think that's true i think that's a large part of it um i think it depends with baroque pop it depends who it is as well i think yeah. All the songs that I sent you, definitely. They're kind of more, I don't know what you'd call it, universalist. It's almost supposed to be yeah. for everyone, and it's not just about them. But I think it's very different. Like, Paul McCartney is a bit more like that, whereas John Lennon, yeah. like, if you're just talking about the Beatles, John Lennon, I mean, like, we all know his solo career. He's always, like, singing about his feelings. It's always more about him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It's just, they're, they're just t- kind of two different approaches, aren't they? Um, yeah. But I think I think you're totally right, especially with the left bank song. It's very much. I mean, maybe it is about him, but the lyrics are so unspecific that it wouldn't make a difference anyway, would it? The lyrics could be yeah about anything. Um, but the details in the um, sorry, what was that? Yeah, in the dry cleaning song about Saw Two as well, watching the film Saw Two on repeat or something like that. It's just like <laughs> that feels like it must be real. It can't. It can't just be. I don't know. <laughs> It's one of those things like, oh, you couldn't make it up. I mean, you could, but uh, it feels it, that's a, it feels like it's very real and personal. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah, it's like there's a level of detail there where it's like, it's it's not necessarily like as universal, but then that's also what's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. And I think there's a, there's a fine balance. I think some songwriters um, try too hard to make songs universal. Yeah. And I think sometimes you can feel it like trying to tug at your heartstrings and it feels really fake. Um, yeah. And I think there's a balance. I think it is a hard balance, but yeah, I think it's just interesting. The two genres are totally different in that reproach. But um, you know what? I'm, we're gonna we're gonna bring it back around fully to baroque pop. I'm gonna let you choose another song yep. that we can go to next, actually. Or should we do them in order? I said we were gonna do them in order. Should we do them in order? We'll do them in order. Yeah. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Okay. I'm, I'm t- giving you conflicting messages. I'm gonna need to listen to the next one so I know. <laughs> so the next one was 
A Rose for Emily by uh, the Zombies. The sky is overcast and no one brings a rose for Emily. She watches her flowers grow. Um, this one, can I just say my over, overwhelming reaction? Yes. To this was um, the zombies really is not a fitting name for a band <laughs> to produce that song. <laughs> like it's such a like rock or like metal band name, and it was like, oh, okay. That is a, it's such a good point. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that I'm so used to it that I sometimes forget that. But I was thinking that when I was putting this playlist together, I was just like, oh yeah, they're called the zombies. That doesn't make any sense. That makes no nope. sense whatsoever. Um, <laughs> It's completely inappropriate to the to the actual music they might make. Uh, so they did have a few big hits. I don't know if maybe you know. Um, oh, what's the uh, time of the season? That was one. Of, that was probably their biggest hit at the time. Um, that rings a bell. I know I've heard of them, so I'm sure I've probably. Yeah, and she's not there. That was another. That was probably their other big hit. That was covered by Santana, weirdly. Um, oh, but. They're, they're kind of they're, they're quite often quite jazzy, and this this album that this is on has quite a weird and interesting story. But uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, beyond the fact that the name for the band is completely wrong, <laughs> what did you think of the song? I actually really liked it. I liked the way that it's got like all the kind of vocal hmm. harmonies in it as well. Um, it's sort of like some of the way they've done the harmonies. It almost like adds like a like a bit. Of almost like a synth quality, but obviously it's not. It's just yeah, yeah. I know um, what you mean actually. Yeah. Um, um, and then I found the the piano was I quite like that. It remind I think it might be an ELO song. It reminded me of something. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was again. It's one of one of these things of like I know that technically it's sort of like meant to be sort of sad, but it it does sound quite upbeat. I think just because of the way that they're playing the piano. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It's all very sort of like short notes, so it just yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds quite bouncy. And it's all in like a happy major key, and it is, as you say, it's not super slow. It's kind of a middle kind of tempo, I think. Um, I feel like I, a lot of this music is like sadness, but on a sunny day. So nice. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a good way to put it, actually. Sadness, but on a sunny day. Um, I think it's true. Yeah, and I think it's all very pretty as well. And I say pretty. Yeah. It's not like necessarily. It's not beautiful because that makes it sound really profoundly like I don't know. Some it's more pretty because it's they're, they're short pop songs. So I I don't mean yeah. that in a in a kind of condescending way, which it maybe sounds like I do because obviously I like the music. Uh, but this whole album is really good, and all most of the songs sound a lot like this. Um, yeah, like that kind of mix between sad and happy. But there's one song on the album which obviously isn't on this playlist. Um, which is literally just about World War One and soldiers having shell shock. Uh, oh, I think you played that for me once. Yeah, oh, that really? song's quite intense. No, <laughs> when did I do that? I mean, I mean, good on me. Like that, I have good taste showing people that song. It's a great song, um, but I don't remember doing that. But uh, <laughs> maybe I was drunk. But it's a great song, and it's pr- it's pretty harrowing, and it's not like the rest of the songs in that on the album in that respect, um, because it's just fairly straightforwardly harrowing. Um, but this song specifically is did it, did we name it? We did a rose for Emily by the Zombies. It's like I find it quite interesting how I think because obviously I was reading 
the names of them all first. And there's a, like, I guess because it's called like a rose for Emily, I imagined it to be a much more sort of like, I don't know, dramatic love song. And it was quite nice, it just sort of like having the sort of upbeat, like it all, you know, a rose for Emily suddenly felt like, oh, it's just a sweet gesture rather than some sort of yes. hand on heart. But I was also going to say, did, like, how closely did you listen to the lyrics? Fairly closely. But, but it's, I'm it's gonna just... go with not that closely based on the question. <laughs> <laughs> because the whole song is about um a woman who just grows old and never gets any roses. Oh, I hadn't thought that bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of um it's like a close cousin to uh the Beatles Eleanor Rigby. Like lyrically it's quite similar, I guess. It's like, oh yeah, no one brings a rose for Emily, and then she gets older and still no one brings a rose for Emily. <laughs> it's just like it's quite depressing actually. Um, See, this is where I always have difficulty with this kind of music because I feel like the upbeat tune mm-hmm. kind of lures me into this false sense that it's a happy song and then mm-hmm. I kind of get distracted and then I don't notice that actually that was a really sad lyric that you just missed and it's mm-hmm. like, I'm just like, oh, isn't it really nice? They're tricksy. Um, That's what they are. They're tricksy. They're tricking you with their they name. Are. They're called the zombies. They shouldn't be called the zombies. They're tricking you with the song name and the musical style. They're tricking you for everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this this album as a whole, as I said, it has quite an interesting story. So they they wrote it and produced it, recorded it, and then they released it, and it just it didn't really make any waves, at least immediately in the UK. And they all kind of went their separate ways. And then this was this was 1968, so this was the kind of before well, it was obviously before the internet, but before people really knew. You, like you could literally release an album and not know how well it was doing in a different country, like that's what yeah. it was like. And within a year or two, um, one of the songs on the album was huge. It was a huge hit, uh, "Time of the Season" in America, and this album ended up selling absolutely loads in 1968 in in the USA. And they, I don't think they realized for another five years or something like that that what? this album was huge and they just they never came back together well they did eventually but like in the 80s or 90s and they they still tour now but you know it doesn't matter yeah. now <laughs> they're old they missed the moment. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well they did and that's really sad because the album is as far as i'm concerned it's as good as any classic 60s album um it's brilliant and the the kind of final note on the interesting story with this album is that zz top yeah. you know zz top the kind of yeah, cheesy the beady guys yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> there we go yeah they actually started out two of them um it was quite a common thing at the time that bands would pretend to be the zombies in america and they would tour as How the zombies that who they were pretending to be? i remember reading about this mm-hmm. and yeah what <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's so weird so it was only two of the members and that's just kind of where they met and where they started off touring um and it's so weird because I can't imagine that they did a very good job with it. Their, their music is so different that I can't imagine there's ZZ Top doing a good version of the zombies. Um, I think they themselves have said they did not do a very good job. Um, but yeah, it was but like, quite... Do people genuinely think they were the zombies? Well, I, I think it took people long enough to work it out that they still got paid. So that's kind of all that mattered. <laughs> I think it was a Can relative... You imagine being like, oh, I've seen the zombies, my favourite band. Oh, they were really terrible life. And then you discover, oh, it's because it wasn't them. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Supposedly what? it was quite common. So 
the zombies had no idea whatsoever. Like they just didn't know what was going on. They didn't know that other bands were pretending to be them. I think when they did find out, they were obviously pretty annoyed. And I think did they try? Did maybe they did sue or something like that? ZZ Top. But in the end, I think like all the bad blood between them is kind of. I think they were actually going to tour with uh, ZZ Top and the zombies were going to tour together as a bit yeah. of a joke, like relatively recently. Um, but it's just such a weird story to an album. Um, but it's a good album. It's a very good album, I think. It's a bit. It's a little bit one note, yeah. but I don't mind that. It's all kind of like sad baroque pop, and then one song about World War One, which is incredibly depressing. But it's probably the best song in the album. I think. I don't know. A lot. Of I didn't. Know, I remember really liking the song, but yeah, the lyrics are sad. Pretty harrowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's go. Let's go back around to the post-punk slash sadcore stuff. Yeah. Where should we go? I'm going to take your lead on this one. Why don't we just go in order um, and go for the cleaner? Is this the one I think it is? Right, first things first. Album cover. The album cover is great. I think it's just... <laughs> I mean, I yeah. generally do. I mean, it's... Is it, sorry, it's not really an album. It's the single cover, I guess, isn't it? By the looks of it. Or is yeah. It any, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Because you see that... I, I mean, it's such a British thing, I guess. You see that and you just immediately picture so many suburbs in across the entire country and it's such a yeah. brilliant like encapsulation of that um in a way it's not very like i don't know it's not amazing in a way like it's not trying to impress you it's very different to like classic album covers or whatever where's the single as we said but it, it's just a really good encapsulation of like a certain <laughs> mood you see and like yeah i i know what they're getting at i get it i get it um, yeah it's like all across the nation, everyone's like, oh, look, it's the view from my window. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. It's just brilliant. Uh, I think that's really well done. Uh, this was the longest song, wasn't it? This was like seven and a half minutes. Um, yeah. So the song was The Cleaner by Squid. And I think it's it's such an, like, an interesting theme with uh, these songs, I think, that the bands are called Dry Cleaning, Porridge Radio, Squid and Feet. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Like they're not bad names. I mean, they're kind of they're appropriate to the music, which is more than can be said about the yeah. zombies. Um, it's kind of they're very, what's the word? They're like down to earth, aren't they? I guess that's what you'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so weirdly, right? I did I did have some notes for this. Um, I wrote notes for all of them actually. So the the first note was great album cover. We got that covered. Um, second one. Was it weirdly actually? This kind of applies to this song and uh, the next song on your playlist. They remind me either a little bit of like late seventies, like uh, Talking Heads, also a bit. And yeah. I don't know whether you know King Crimson. King Crimson are kind of like very much a prog rock band, but in the eighties they completely yeah. changed. Like they, they became a totally different band, and they sounded quite right. a lot like the Talking Heads. But the guitar tones are quite similar. I don't know how to describe it, quite unconventional, I guess. And it's just kind of the guitar playing that kind of reminded me of it. Yeah. Um, like that kind of messy, but in control style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Words fail me, because it's the kind of style that is completely outside of like my playing style. So I'm just like, I don't know how to describe it. It's a bit, it's a bit, um, what's the word? Like weirdly rhythm, it's kind of spiky, spiky. There we go. It's got that spiky <laughs> rhythm to it. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's the word. Yeah, I'm looking for. no, I know exactly what you mean. And I think also because even like the way the singer is singing, yes, is yeah. almost there's like that kind of spiky. Where again, it's like 
he's sort of not quite fully be, like it's not quite spoken word but it's not entirely singing either it's sort of got that um, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes he's just like shouting and screaming. Um, yeah, <laughs> and again, it's that like very different to the baroque pop stuff. Like, I mean, I think this is more composed than the spoken word song before, but uh, it's also he's he's not going to keep doing take after take until he gets it like perfectly pitched and like yeah, all this like they're not being as pedantic with their music that I think a lot of Baroque pop artists would have been. It's just kind of like, let's just do this. Let's get it done. Let's just, <laughs> let's get this song recorded. Um, yeah, and, it's exactly. more, and because of that, it's more energetic because I think Baroque pop, I mean, I love it, but it is a little bit stil- stilted. Is that the word? It's, it's not exactly energetic music. It's maybe a bit bouncy, but does that make sense? Yeah, it's, I feel like Baroque pop is just so incredibly polished mm-hmm. that, yeah, you do kind of lose just that sort of, Edge. The energy that the I edge think, is, is the word I think I was going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this song, as far as I know, actually is basically true because one of the band members used to be a cleaner. So this is all based on him. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, cleaning. I was gonna ask that actually. Yeah, because it felt pretty. So was it the is the singer the songwriter? Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. 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 Because it does sound again. It sounds it sounds a lot more personal than a song that could just apply to anyone. You listen to that, yeah. and it, it's it's very specific to a time and a place or something that someone's gone through. Um, yeah, and it's definitely got a lot more of that. What was I going to say? So it was kind of instrumental. Yeah, it's 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 not funk, but it's funky. I think I would describe this one as because yeah. the bass line is quite active. It's a little bit, it's a little bit out there. Not out there, but it's a little bit bouncy. But I like the fact that it sort of flips between his almost like slightly shouty way of singing mm-hmm. and then the really kind of melodic sort of background singing. Yes. Oh, yes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Very different styles. Yes, it does do that, actually, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. I do like that. I, I like kind of mixing that up in a, in a way. It's, uh, again, in contrast to the Baroque pop, where everything is super smooth and melodic and it's just like, it's like we're going to keep being smooth. We're going to keep being melodic at you. Um, whereas this is kind of mixing those two styles up a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, because I was actually originally, I was a bit torn about which song by Squid to choose. They have this other song called House Plants, um, <laughs> which I I absolutely love the song. But I also love it that they wrote the song House Plants because they apparently had some housemates who were incredibly boring mm-hmm. and only ever seemed to have conversations about houseplants. And that was just the entire premise for the song, <laughs> um, which I thought was great. But I kind of thought in the end, I quite like the fact that cleaner is just about like that moment in their life. And it sort of takes you more to like a natural place. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is why I picked it. But yeah, no, but I mean, I've, the whole album is great. I'm going I'm to have to listen to houseplants though, because I think we've all like, when you're at uni, we've all lived with people who, like maybe you're not necessarily super close friends with, or like I lived with a few people one year who I just didn't really know that well. And um, yeah. every time they were having a conversation, I was just like, these are the most boring fucking people I've ever <laughs> met. And I'm sure that when I talked to my friends, they thought the same kind of thing, but I, I totally, you know what I mean? I could totally, to me, the, the, these people were just always having the same com- conversation over and over <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> they were like rugby lads and they, all they talked about was getting drunk and rugby and like maybe rowing or something. And it was literally the same conversations over and over again. And I just remember, 
I, I mean, I know for a fact that they thought I was a complete nerd, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong, but I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, I just, I don't know. I think talking about houseplants and nothing else would have been more interesting to me than what they talked about constantly. I just, I don't know. You see, that that seems like a good balance between lyrics that are personal and specific, but also universal. Because I'm already saying like, yeah, I talk, I get it. I get, I get you. I get you. <laughs> I'm going to have to And that's to what that I like about quite a few of these bands. They do like really find the line between it being totally about them, but it just being so relatable. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, and I think I think so. That song "Houseplants" is that like a 2020 song? Because I feel like, oh no, I get because no, that came out. Because I think that was an EP before their album came out. So I think it came out like um, a couple of years ago. Ah, uh, okay. I was just thinking that because during lockdown, I think. All of us probably just talk about houseplants and things like that because there's not much else to do. So I, I kind of feel like we're all we're all the houseplants people now. Yeah, it's one of these songs that like actually has become more relevant yeah. this last year than they ever intended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Annoyingly, um, oh okay, 2019 was when it was released. Ah. Um, annoyingly, I was meant to see them in concert last April. What? What? That's terrible timing. It really is. That reminds me. Really Karen, Karen, and I were supposed to see a um, like a folk guitarist last year. A, a pretty much around the same time, like a week or two in. It was booked for a week or two into what ended up being lockdown, and he's just yeah. kept postponing it, um, postponing it. And I'm pretty sure I saw in like my calendar coming up in a couple of weeks that it was supposed to be like in two weeks' time, which obviously is not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think now, because I've got two gigs that have been postponed forever, I think mm-hmm. Squid is now happening in this this coming September, maybe? Mm-hmm. And then I have another gig that I was going to go to for my birthday, which was last April as well, and that's now been postponed to this coming November. Um so yeah, I'm not doing well on the good yeah. front. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the things like, uh, good luck. <laughs> I just feel like yeah. I, I'm not convinced things will ever be normal again. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. And my problem now is like I really want to see them in concert, but I don't know if I want to go to a gig because it's a lot of people and Yeah, yeah. No, I to- I totally yeah. agree. I feel like I'm never gonna be accustomed. Well, probably I will I'll get used to it again, but like things being normal. I'm I know it's a cliche, but I think we're all in a position now where you watch TV. And you're like, what are you doing standing so close to each other? Stop doing that. And you were like, oh, wait, no, this was filmed. This was filmed uh, in 1999. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's fine. They could do that. <laughs> yeah, I think people sometimes still have this idea that, like, we're going to come out of lockdown all vaccinated and we'll all, you know, come out of our houses and start hugging on the street. And it's like, no, we're going to crawl out super suspicious of all of our yes, neighbours yeah, and be yeah. like, ah, get away from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. For like exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm laughing. That's depressing. <laughs> but it's one of those things. You have, the, you have to laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, whew. Now onto something cheerier because I think this is the only happy song because this song this song to me is is a happy song, uh, which is called "To Claudia on Thursday" by a band called The Millennium on an album called Begin. 
this one was the one where I was like, I'm pretty sure I've like something about the way they were singing in the guitar felt really familiar, and I feel like I may have heard it before, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, so this one's weird. Like I had I had never heard this song until like what maybe just be- around Christmas, maybe just before Christmas. I, I mean, I'd literally yeah. never heard it. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, I've, I've definitely heard this, <laughs> but I really don't think I have. I think it's just, it's a song that just sounds like you've heard it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, and it seems, I think it's very unlikely that, I mean, it's possible obviously that you have, but they're not a big band at all. Um, this song was not big. Nothing about this was particularly big. It's kind of, it's quite obscure. I mean, this is kind of like a time period and a music genre I really like, and I had never heard of that, which makes me sound like a massive hipster. But do you know what I mean? I, <laughs> part of me is like, I, I, it's weird that I've never heard of this, but still immediately I thought, wait, have I heard this? Um, I think because there are sort of like different elements of the song that sort of really remind you of other songs. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it does sound like very different. It's not like, it's just, oh, it's a copy of this thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I like this. I think it was sort of like because there are lots of like layers of sort of like percussion, mm-hmm. and I think there are like I don't know tambourines or shaky things in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the technical term. That <laughs> uh, it sounded like a lot more layered mm-hmm. than some of the other ones. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, which I quite liked. I felt like, I mean, all of these to me, I think just because of like the upbeatness of them, to me, it just sounds like someone's walking down the street. But it felt like a busier street where there's yes, like stuff yeah, going yeah. on. I think this song is. I mean, it sounds it, as a pop song. It sounds very sixties pop song. But production wise, I think it sounds a lot more contemporary. It's a lot fresher and cleaner. I think, especially yeah. the uh, the left bank song, the first one, "Walk Away, Renee." It sounds it's a bit moodier and it sounds a little bit more like old. <laughs> Whereas this one is, yeah, you can hear all the different parts. It is a very well produced album. Um, but it's really interesting. If, sorry, if I'm I'm going to be a pain. If you look up the album, and if you listen to the very first track on the album, um, it's called the first track is called Prelude. Yeah, this song is very weird in that it sounds very like '60s pop. Whilst also sounding really contemporary in a in a way. Now you were laughing there. I'm quite curious what you're laughing at. Oh, at the bit where he goes boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 out of nowhere. <laughs> it's 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 because it's it's like I'm not sure if it is a harpsichord or just something that sounds like a harpsichord, but it's got that very like classical feeling. I was gonna say that feels like peak baroque pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also like, I mean, it doesn't sound like contemporary music but it sounds like uh like early 90s like hip-hop like the beat in it is just like is literally like 90s hip-hop it's, it's the weirdest beat in the middle of a like what sounds like a classical music piece that has really cheesy brass in the middle of it it's just a really weird combination um i was gonna say because sorry you said that's from the 60s yeah 1968 yeah. yeah yeah you see if if you had to just say like you know guess when this is from, I would have said like seventies, maybe even the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Like I probably wouldn't have guessed, but I think, yeah, I don't know. It does. It does sound quite contemporary. Yeah, yeah. And I do like the fact that even though it's like there is that sort of main tune that's 
sort of key thing. Mm -hmm. Like there are all those different levels. Yeah, yeah. it's very As you say like the production is so good. It's like yeah, yeah. and it's also very wacky. It's very weird. And like the fact that you were laughing at it, and I don't think you're doing it in a bad way, but do you know what I mean? Like the fact that it's it's quite <laughs> funny. Um, but sorry, back to this the, the track that I actually put on the playlist. You said about the yes. percussion. So if you listen through it all the way through, is this weird? It sounds almost like dogs, like yowling or something all the way through it. If you listen, it it's like a really weird. I, I don't know how to describe right. it, but there's it's in the it's in the background. I think it's like hard panned on either left or right or something. Um, but it's like um, it's a Brazilian talking drum where basically you you stretch the skin and you rub like a, the drumstick on it and it makes it sound like a voice. Ah. Um, and it's. It's not often used in like pop music. It's in um, if you know the song "Me and Julio" by um Paul Simon, it's in that as well. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And for ages, oh. I, I just, I think I just thought it was like a, a person doing a weird voice in the background. I had no idea what it was, <laughs> but yeah, it turns out it's this weird drum. So yeah, there's tons of percussion through it. But um, what did you say before? Yeah, I think you're totally right. It sounds like a collection of loads of 60s songs without actually sounding like a ripoff of them. Yeah. You're like, oh, this bit sounds a bit like the Beatles. This bit sounds like the Monkees. Or this bit sounds like um, the Mamas and the Papas. And I don't know, in a good way. It doesn't sound like a ripoff, but it sounds like it's collected all of that. And it's really well produced. It's so crisp and clean. Uh, I think it's a great song. But I like the way that it's sort of well produced, but... Like we were saying how some of the other songs were like so polished they kind of lost their edge. Mm -hmm. I feel like this one isn't. Like there is sort of an edge to it and it's the kind of song where you can imagine seeing them live and it would actually just sound like that. Yes, Whereas yeah. some of the others yeah. it's like you couldn't actually perform something this perfect yeah, yeah, yeah. live. I, I know I know what you mean. If it, I think it's probably because of all the percussion and things like that. It sounds a bit more energetic and you could it feels like more yeah. of a song that you could do live. Um I think I mean I think the zombies. I mean, we all know that ZZ Top toured that zombie song very successfully. <laughs> um, again, I'm not convinced that they would do a good job of it, but uh, so uh, the zombies are still touring. I've I've not actually heard them do this song live, like on YouTube or whatever. Um, I'm quite curious now how they would have done it because, like you, I'm not convinced it could be as good as the studio one. It just doesn't seem yeah. seem possible. Like that, they, it would be sloppier or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to look it up now and see what it's like. I won't do it now though. Um, but yeah, I, I think that might be my favorite song so far out of the baroque pop ones. I genuinely like that, and it's kind of a, I was impressed that impressed with it, like having never discovered it until recently. I thought, oh, that's that's actually a really good song, and it's like yeah, completely unknown. Um, yeah, I think that one. I think I think that one probably is my favorite. It's sort of a toss up between that and the zombies. I think. Mm -hmm. My favorite out of your playlist. Yeah, but, I mean, I like all of them. Good, that is the right answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now we're on to the final sadcore slash post punk song, which is because uh, I always forget the name. I have to look it up again. English weather by feet. Oh yes, I've already mentioned it. Just the name alone is is, I mean, today here where I am, the weather was crap, so it was it was pretty perfect um, for listening to it today. This, the name doesn't pull you in. <laughs> no. 
Um, it's a bit just what it says on the tin. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but again, this one, yeah, this one really reminded me, like the guitar playing. It's like a less insane and like catchier version of '80s King Crimson. Um, I'll have to send you a song after this yeah. because you might hear it and be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" I'll be, I'm quite curious. Um, but it had that vibe. Just like the guitar sound was the main thing that really uh, reminded me of it. But I, I really yeah. like how this guy really brings it home when he keeps saying English weather. <laughs> yeah. I think what I love is also the fact that it's, like, it's called English weather, but it's not just about it being rainy all the time. Yes. Like, I love the fact that, like, even the fact that they don't necessarily rain, they're just like, oh, we better pack an umbrella because it's like, well, it will probably rain at some point. Yeah. But then <laughs> I love at the end how they're just singing Sun Cream Police. Right, yeah, in the yeah. background <laughs> and it's like just that vision of everyone just like sat in the park or whatever and just all these mums being like yes. need to be some cream on and like everyone's getting burned <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no i mean like the sun cream police i think they do a valuable job because actually you know there's nothing worse than well there's obviously worse things than sunburn but sunburn is incredibly <laughs> bad that is a strong statement in the middle of a pandemic. There is nothing worse than sunburn. <laughs> no, but like I always say this, uh, this is what's unique about sunburn is that you get your burn and it can, let's say it's quite bad. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It always ends up being combined with the feeling, the fact that you know it shouldn't have happened, that you could have prevented it. Yeah. It's the shame that for me always gets me. I was like, okay, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. But I I like I knew better. I knew better. Like <laughs> this has happened before. And I, I'm sitting there like ashamed because I know that it will happen again. And I've just oh, that feeling, I hate it. So obviously, yeah, there are worse things. Okay. Okay, I, I'll admit it. But <laughs> Sun Cream Police, you know what? Thank you, Sun Cream Police. I probably do need to be told to, to wear my sunscreen. Um but again, like the, uh, the the it is actually an album this time. The album art is perfect. Yeah. Wait, is that a pizza? It looks. It's very kind of like greasy. Uh, it's yeah, like a yeah. it's like an English greasy spoon kind of cafe. Um, yeah. And again, like that's what I find it. It's very like British, isn't it? All of this music. Um, I assume that's not like a sad call thing. That's just kind of the this collection of artists. Uh no, so because sad call sort of just encompasses everything yeah yeah so much and kind of everything um that was more just me picking i just wanted to pick bands that were like quite sort of current and Mm -hmm. sort of ones that i like um but also i found in terms of like the sound i really like where it's sort of upbeat songs with sad lyrics i found that I guess there seem to be a lot of English bands that do that, but I think also because there is the humour in it, which I really like. Um, But I think that wittiness is sort of fairly unique to just British bands. It's kind of like the cliche about like British sitcoms as opposed to American sitcoms. Um, Yeah. It's kind of like our sitcoms are more about like a normal guy who's maybe a bit of a loser. And at the end of the day, there probably isn't going to be a happy ending for him. But for some reason, we don't find that ridiculously depressing. We just kind of, we're like, yeah, that's fine. It's still funny. It's still fun. That's that's yeah. just life. You know, we just kind of, ah, whatever. Um, and I, yeah, I get the vibe. That's what I, was, I said at the start. Like, I think that sense of humor goes all the way through these. And it's not necessarily, I don't know, it's not like satirical or it's not like laugh out loud humor. It's just kind of, 
it's like a knowing wink. It's like, you know, you're, you're in on the joke yeah. and you get it. And this is just kind of what it's like. Yeah. And again, it's that kind of personal. It's personal and it's personality, I guess, isn't it? That's what I would say. And I think that's also what's nice is that I feel like, sort of like, sort of in addition to, you know, the fact that people now are seeing like with their sort of regional accents and stuff, I think also the fact that this content is almost gone like a step further than like Britpop. Mm-hmm. And it's made it so it's like, it is sort of like culturally quite local, mm-hmm. where it's like, if you don't live in England, you're just not necessarily going to get it because it is just very specific. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like excluding like everyone else? It's like, no, no, no. This is just, this is just for us. <laughs> no, 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 so, <laughs> no, but I like I that it's sort of more personal rather than just like, yeah. 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 No, it's totally true. Um, and you could almost imagine it being even more specific. I'm sure like, there could be songs that would be very specific to like the home counties that maybe I wouldn't get or something like that. Do you know what I mean? You could easily imagine yeah, exactly. that. And like, to be honest, like, cause Brighton is actually to take an example of one of the other band, the, the first band that I, th- I think we talked about is very different to Carlisle where I grew up. And you know this cause you're, you're what? in, you're in Cumbria no. right now. So you know the difference. Um, <laughs> don't, don't you trash talk. Don't you trash talk Cumbria. <laughs> Not Cumbria, just Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you know what? I'll allow it. I can't. I can't really object. I don't think I've got any ground to stand on. Um... The castle's great. I'll give you that one. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Right, okay. The castle, Dixon's chimney, the cathedral. Yeah. That's three things. Okay, okay. We've got three things. You have a McVitie's factory. That's pretty cool. Yeah, if you go if you go past it at the right kind of time of day, it smells really good. It smells like cookies. It smells like biscuits. It's really good. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all the things. <laughs> um, it's close to the motorway, so you can get everywhere else quickly. It's near Hadrian's Wall. That's kind yeah, of cool. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. That's cool. So there we go. That's that's many things. And how many things does Brighton have? Let's not count them. I don't want to count them. No, it'll, it'll just be embarrassing. Let's not do that. Um, One word. Culture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know, I should I, I I shouldn't complain. There's a there's a reason I don't live in Carlisle anymore. So you know, <laughs> I was going mean? to say, <laughs> like, can't I, be that good. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but back to the music. Back to the music. Um, feet. Again, it's it's not a name for a band that really draws you in. Uh, <laughs> and the fact that they've just done no. it all in capital letters as well, they're really leaning into that. Um, and you know, I I have to tip my hat to that. It's a very different approach to the baroque pop, which is. But I don't know what I don't know what I would kind of characterize baroque pop band names as because obviously the zombies is just completely wrong. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I th- I think I think your bands definitely have the most appropriate names because the baroque pop names are just I mean even like the biggest band of all time, the Beatles. That is a terrible name for a band. Like we the only reason we don't yeah. think that is because we're so used to it. Do you know what I mean? Like we're so yeah, used to it true. that we're like yeah yeah. But actually, it's awful. It's a terrible pun on like drum beat beatles it's just like it doesn't make sense it's not good but we're all used to it um whereas feet is is weird but you know i think it works but i feel like it just fits with the band it does. but i do love that they've done it all caps because yes, yeah. it's one of those things of like it kind of doesn't make sense because it's like 
I don't know, like, in a, in a sense, it sort of makes no difference whether it's all caps or not. But yeah. I also kind of love that they've done it because it's just weird. Yeah, no, um, I, I totally agree. It it does make a difference, but it's hard to pinpoint what the difference the all caps makes. Um, it's almost like I don't really know why they've done it because it feels like a really random detail. But I also think it's funny that they thought of that. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing that yeah. it just makes it feel like they're shouting it at you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they, you know, they're proud of it. They've got the name. They're proud of it. You know, they're not going to hide behind like you know one capital letter and the the rest lowercase. You know, screw that. Um, but then they're shouting it at you. But then have really laid back songs, and it's like oh, that's true. So okay. is this? <laughs> they're they're all quite laid back. They don't. Are they quite? Like I think so. I've actually. I must admit, they're the band I know their music least. So, like, I listen to that song a lot, mm-hmm. but I haven't particularly listened to loads of their other stuff. Yeah. So they may shout more. <laughs> um, so, we're going to go to the last song, which is another Baroque pop song. Well, is it? Is it? I don't know. I just put it in there because I kind of wanted to um, <laughs> break the mold a bit. Um, yeah. Can you... Right, I'll... Should I name the song? Yeah, I'll name the song first. So the song is... It's Gangster's Paradise. No, it's not. It's Past Time Paradise by Stevie Wonder. So I guess my first question is, can you at least see why I put it in? I can. I found this one was the hardest for me to kind of listen to objectively because it was really hard to listen to it and not <laughs> just go, this is really weird because it's it's not the rap song, <laughs> which I'm just so used to listening yes, to. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was kind of desperately trying to not just compare them, which was really hard. It is, yeah, um, yeah. It's super hard. Um, I know what you mean. Like the first time I heard this, um, so I remember buying this album when I was like maybe 16, like kind of, you know, back when uh, CD shops were still a thing, <laughs> like before <Yeah>. Spotify. <laughs> um, and I was going through like Stevie Wonder albums and just buying one like occasionally with like pocket money or whatever. And I remember buying this one. It's a great album. It's from the album Songs in the Key of Life. And getting to this song and just being like, oh, what? What? <laughs> I had no idea. Um, so anyway, yeah, okay. I, I'm going to explain a bit. So this, it's it's not really a baroque pop song. It's kind of a, it's not a funk song. It's like a soul song, I guess. But the reason I put it on here yeah. is that it it doesn't have a string section in it. It has like a, a synthesizer string string section. So it has that kind of classical vibe that a lot of baroque pop has. I kind of feel like I want to call it baroque soul. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it has a a program drum. It might be a drum machine. Like it must be one of the first like successful uses of a drum machine. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Um, And as you say, it was sampled uh, by Coolio in like the early nineties or whenever it was for the, I mean, I think it's a great song. Gangster's Paradise. Uh, And then let's not forget sampled again by Weird Al Yankovic. Yes. Um, Yeah. That is. 
Yes, that, I mean, again, and that is also brilliant. Amish Paradise by Weird Al yeah. is. I really like that. I I, I remember <laughs> listening. So I remember listening to that a lot, and I think it's. I mean, he he has some great parodies. He really does. I think that's probably his best. I think that might be my favorite Weird Al song. I think it's just absolutely brilliant. Uh, but the song itself, sorry, uh, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, so you did say you can you understand why I put it on there because I I realized it was a weird choice, but I also thought it would break the mold a bit, and it it's it was interesting. Because, like, obviously the pace of it is quite different mm-hmm. from, like, the other ones. Because whereas the other ones all sounded, like, quite bouncy, this suddenly was, like, quite slow. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was also quite interesting, actually, hearing the original lyrics. And, like, I think I actually kind of prefer, like, the idea of it being a pastime paradise, I think. It was really, like, having only heard Gangster's Paradise, I was like, oh, actually, I quite like these original lyrics. And, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's... It was kind of like, yeah, it was interesting because it's sort of sad, but almost in a like, not in a sort of tragic kind of way, just in a like, oh, that's a bit like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like depressing and yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally get you, yeah, yeah. I, so I honestly don't think, I'm not sure which one I would choose, like between gangsters and pastime paradise. <laughs> I, gen- I generally do like both. I think um, I think they're both great. I mean, Stevie Wonder, I, I think, I always say is probably the greatest like greatest musician in popular music of the 20th century the guy is insane i mean like unbelievable like when you actually go through his albums you're like oh he wrote this much stuff like and he did it like he was releasing like sometimes two albums a year and it was like all good and he was like 22 23 it's just it blows my mind that someone could do that um uh and i think this is usually seen as like his best album and i think that's probably fair. It's a double album that it's off of, so it's really long. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff on it. Um, right. But a lot of his stuff was sampled, uh, and you might not have known it. So um, can, you remember the, uh, can you remember the movie Wild Wild West? Yeah. You remember the song? Oh, yeah. That, that is based on a Stevie Wonder song as well. Like, that's just sampled, and like the melody's yes, just the same. I think, yeah. I think I do... I did know that one, because, yeah, similarly, I'd heard Stevie Wonder's song, and then it was like... This is Wild Wild West. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, that was one of the things when I first got this album, I was listening to it thinking, right, I know this, where do I know it from? And then when it clicks, you're just like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I think that's what's really great, though, about this song, is the fact that, like, it is kind of repetitive in, like, I mean, the fact that you can take, like, just a small sample and that works so well on its own. Yes, yeah. But it doesn't feel repetitive mm-hmm. somehow when you're listening to it. Like, it's... You don't get tired of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it is basically the same thing repeated over and over, but he just keeps adding a little bit here and there or a little bit, and it's very... There's tons of... I think it's all synthesizer on it, basically, except for his singing, obviously. So you've got this weird synthesized bass coming through, and that won't be there all the way through, all these weird little fills. Um, It's one of those... It's a weird sound, actually, when you listen to it, because it's... Like the synthesizers. I have no idea how he's made it. Oh, just tons like, of like tons of synthesizers, and it sounds quite dated in a way. But I I like the sound. I think it sounds cool. I do think the only thing I did find quite noticeable listening to this was compared to Coolio's version is that so Gangsters Paradise had a like it kind of had a punchier bass. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like if you wonder one, I really like the lyrics. But I kind of, having heard the other one, I was like, oh, I kind of want that punchiness back in. And I think, um, yeah, and softer. I think 
the drumming, the drum beat is a bit different. I think it's a bit punchier. It's a bit more like, it's obviously more 90s hip hop and they kind of bring that to the yeah. fore. And I think that's what I was saying before. Like it's, it does sound a bit more dated. You know, this is one of the first, not the very first, but some of the first use of heavy, heavy use of synthesizers um, on an album yeah. and on a song. So it does end up sounding a bit more dated. I mean, like Coolio's song still sounds very like 90s hip hop. But yeah, it's still yeah. more contemporary, and there's more of that bass presence, which is lacking a bit. Which, yeah, I totally get it. I don't think it it doesn't get in the way of my enjoyment, but I think you're right. Especially now that you say it, I think I think I remember listening to it for the first time and thinking like, oh, it's a little bit disappointing um, because you do you do miss it, don't you? That kind of punchy. But then I think this is also where it's it's almost slightly unfair because since have been used so much since then. Yes. It's like, I'm sure if we'd heard it at the time when it came out, it would have just been like completely mind-blowing and, yes. oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's like, we've, since improving and the technology and everything, it's like, it's almost a slightly unfair comparison. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I was going to say, I mean, at the time it was, I mean, it was huge. This album was massive. Um, and it's seen as like one of the best albums of all time, completely deservedly. Yeah. And usually, so I always say like double albums is stupid and no one should ever make a double album because most, like <laughs> lot, a lot of it is crap. Most of the time you can cut off like a good half an hour. And I'm not exactly like, not if you're Stevie. <laughs> well, I mean this, it's still like, I think it's the the least guilty of that. Like there's still bits of it where you're like, right. like there are some songs that go on for like eight minutes. And I, I, I like long songs, but usually the way Stevie wonder makes an eight minute song, instead of like making extra parts to it, he'll just repeat the chorus over and over and over and over again at the end. Um, right, yeah. And I think like, and I don't know, like some of the choruses are so good that it works, but sometimes I just think, Stevie, come on, you just wrap it up, wrap this song up and move on to the next one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's probably time for me to wrap this podcast up. Anyway, thanks for coming on the podcast. I think that was a good chat about music that I'd never heard and probably would never would have heard if you hadn't sent it to me. Um yeah, likewise. It's enjoyable. Yeah, it's good, really good, it's good stuff. It's it's good to listen. Like I, I found this with every episode so far. Um, even if it's not something I'll listen to again. And I think I will with this stuff, especially that song. There's another song you mentioned by one of the bands, uh, Houseplants. I'm definitely going to listen to that. Um, yeah. But generally, as an experience doing doing this these podcast episodes, it's always good to listen to things that I would never have listened to before because you're just like, oh, and it makes you it makes me actually sit down and listen listen to it instead of just like tuning it out as if I would as I would if it was on the radio if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, this has been good because like I feel like generally '60s music is the kind of stuff that like I heard a lot of this stuff sort of in the background, but I've never actively sat down and listened to it so yeah. it was actually quite nice to yeah sort of like also you know here's some bands that aren't just the beatles and the kings yeah yeah, sort of, <laughs> yeah no that's a good <laughs> like point actually explore more of it and you know discover what rock pop means cool which is cool i'm glad you liked it yeah, yeah it's good fun awesome well thank you very much for having you uh well thank you very much for coming on I don't know how to speak. Thank you very much for coming on. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, cheers. Bye. Bye.